91.3 KBCS, Music and Ideas, listener-supported radio from Bellevue College. Gerald Donaldson is endearingly referred to as Mr. D. He's a family support worker at Leshi Elementary School in the Seattle area, um, in the Seattle Public School District. And I interviewed him last spring about what conditions were like for the families he worked with. And we'll hear from him from an interview from just a couple of days ago in a bit. But I thought it'd be good to, you know, look at where we have been and then where we are now today. So here is Gerald Donaldson speaking with me last spring. This pandemic has pointed out a lot of things in our society. But one thing that came out kind of early was the connection between food and schools. There's this assumption that schools are for education and food is separate and, you know, healthcare is separate and all of this. Tell me how that has played out with the pandemic. You know, when people are like, no, food and schools, they're, they're separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to that? Uh, you haven't been around schools in years. <laughs> That's what I would say. If you think about it, you know, you have breakfast and lunch, right? And most teachers and like science support workers, we supply snacks because, you know, you're going to get hungry throughout the day. So when the pandemic hits, not only was there the need for food, right? Because if you're in school, what, eight months out of a year, that's income you don't have to spend on food. If we're providing you a, a breakfast and a lunch, now you're having to furnish three meals a day. That's really a bite on your income, which is already, at some, in some cases, limited. So food is huge. Uh, if you can save that money, you know, average lunch, probably five, six bucks a day, really. You know, then it's $10 a day for breakfast and lunch, right? And if you have three or four kids, that's money that's just out of your pocket, right? So that's a heavy expense to occur in such a rapid amount of time quickly. Fortunately, the district came along and, you know, they did provide a pickup site where you can pick up your lunches and your breakfast. To me, they were somewhat challenging for some people because they were designated sites. So you had to go to a designated area, right? So... I think that was a challenge. Having said that, that social concept, that just that being able to talk, laugh, enjoy your friends, your neighbors, that's missing. And that's huge because, uh, you know, during the academic time when you're in a classroom, you know, you can do it somewhat, but you don't have that freedom to go play, burn off energy, see your friends. Uh, that's a component that I, I really think, and there's really no way around it because, you know, we can't socialize, right, because of the pandemic. but that's something that's really missing. And when we get back in school, I, 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 I've suggested a few times, and this is just me, I don't even know if it's the first month, the first 45 days, I wouldn't even do academics. I know people are going to listen to, oh my God, why wouldn't you? The social concept is missing. We got to get reacquainted, right? We have to get to know each other. We got the teachers have to know the teachers, the babies have to know each other, that we have to know them too, right? I just don't think. Just a strictly Mr. Donaldson. I don't know if it's that important, the academic side versus the social emotional. Because if that's still strained, you're not going to learn anyway, right? It's just going to be too much of a challenge. Meet your friends, talk about how you feel, talk about what you've done, talk about what you would like to do. But get to it's just like seeing a long lost friend you haven't seen in a while. Just get to know them again, right? Um, I, I, I just don't know if the academic side outweighs the social and emotional side. 
Yeah, I mean, academics, you can read and study that, but um, social skills, you really have to experiment in, mm-hmm. in a place where there are a lot of people to experiment with. What have you been noticing over the course of this pandemic in terms of the needs of the families? People who in the past have actually been able to, especially like during the holidays and Thanksgiving, Christmas, we do a thing in Christmas called a giving garland. So some of our families who were able to contribute towards a giving garland to help uh, families uh, the last few years ask for that service this year. Right. So people just uh, some of the people who, you know, were all of a sudden just laid off and things stopped who had never asked for support before are asking or not asking because, you know, it's a challenge. Right. So um, longevity has its privileges. I've been there a few years. so I know more families, you know, generationally have come through and they have my number. So sometimes they're more like and most family support workers, they'll call their private phones or cell phones and ask for assistance versus going directly to the school. I mean, technically we're direct to the school, but you know, it's more like a, um, a friendly person they know who they can ask for that support. That's really not going to go anywhere outside that, you know, it's their business not going to be spread all over. And so more families are asking for that support. Uh, and it's hard. You can hear their voices hard. You can, you know, thank yous are hard. And sometimes they get to the, just to the brink of what they really, what they need before, you know, they get the landlords or somebody's calling even though the moratorium, food support, uh, tech support, some of those things that you would just ask if you haven't had to do it before is a real challenge. And, uh, you know, but then trying to reach, reassure people that that's why we're here. You know, we're here to assist and to help you. To me, that's one of the hardest things for me personally to go through is just to hear that need from people who have never needed it before. You see it. Uh, you can hear it in a voice when you see them in person. You you can you can feel it, and uh, you know you're humbled. And uh, sometimes you just never thought you'd have to ask. And it's not a matter of swallowing your pride; it's just a matter of just asking. Everybody needs help sometimes. There's just not uh, monetary rental assistance, food assistance, energy. It's just talk to me. It ain't going nowhere. You know, you can get it off your chest. You know, you can, you know, you can get emotional if you want to. It's personal. Get it off your chest. Because if you hold it up inside, you know, you, you might take it on your family. You might run into a little rut. So we got to make sure that uh, uh, your emotional health is there to, to, in your, in your uh, psychological health. You know, it's there because if it's not, man, it's going to have a challenge. And we're not equipped. I'm no, no way a professional psychologist or a psychologist, psychiatrist, but I can listen very well. And, you know, maybe even direct you towards some of that support. We know people, will, you know, we can direct you towards. And I don't want listeners to think, you know, I can guide somebody through that, but I'm a hell of a listener. You know, and I ask, do you want me to say anything back to you? You just want to get off your chest. Do you need support? What do you need? If you just need a sounding board, I'm there. But if you just want to get it off your chest and get it off, no questions asked. Get it off and, you know, move on. Give us some options. That's Gerald Donaldson, or Mr. D, family support worker at Leshai Elementary in the Seattle Public School District, speaking with me about how children are impacted by the pandemic. Next, Mr. D talks about where we are today. This next bit is from my conversation with him just a couple of days ago. I think it's more in a sense that some of the other needs are starting to come more but some of the things that like the moratorium has been lifted. So, you know, 
starting to get requests more for, you know, rental assistance, bus passes, things people are asking for now. And I think also going back to work, making sure there's enough providers after school for our babies. That's that needs picking up. So we got to make sure that there's, hey, you can pay for that, right? So we, we, we help do that. And that there's going to be enough services around. And if they are there, are they a capacity or not? So I look forward to a challenge. So I just think that if, if, if it's meant to be, we'll get it. And uh, I don't believe in no. You know, so, you know, I dig in my pocket first and people in our work will do the same thing. They'll dig in and say, this, okay, how much? And whatever you can donate, we're good. So we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, you have your babies at home and relatives and stuff, but when you're with 310 kids or whatever our numbers are now, and you see those faces, you can sense it. If you haven't seen somebody in a while, you're just overjoyed. It's like, ah, and then they see you too. Man, that is fantastic. We're struggling, but. This is a bazillion times better than being online because you can feel it, you know. <laughs> Gerald Donaldson, speaking with me from a couple of days ago. He's a family support worker at Leshi Elementary. We continue on uh, with our exploration of schools and their role in providing needs for families. Mr. D talks about how helping families through challenges works in his worldview. What's an example of the ingenuity that is required in doing your work? Uh, One that stands out to me, and it's been years in coming with uh, Janet Preston, really started talking to this organization called Operation. They provided clothes for students, right? Um, So we could like have, at a time, I could get four students in my car and take them to a location in Seattle. They get brand new clothes. And you'd get like two pair of pants, two shirts, or whatever, you know, dress or skirt, whatever you needed, and a gift card for some shoes. And they still do it, let's, let's clarify. But that was fantastic, right? Just that how Janet really and, and other folks really organized with that group just to get the, the, the know the need that was important and how they just stepped up and said, okay. And then, uh, the format has changed a little bit now because now they're, you know, they're giving gift cards and families can take them to JC Penny or Target. But back in the day when we used to take kids, I had a young sister come back and she said, Mr. Donaldson, remember when we went to Operation School Bell, we'd get in your car and she, you know, she was able to describe, remember you told me that was University of Washington and she went to the University of Washington, she just graduated. She described the whole thing and she had just gotten out of college and that was years ago, but she remembered that ride out there to get the clothes the memory that i was able to get clothes and it was just like as we were talking i could see us in the car going i know she could too you know so that experience and when the women and men who were there just help clothe you and and talk to you and guide you to help you try your clothes on that was fantastic and it, it's just that stuff there um she highlighted what it meant to her right and just a little short four or five minute conversation we had that day in the parking lot. But it was just that that was so important to her. He told me she will never forget how she felt to go out there and get the clothes. And and, and it wasn't just the clothes, it was the uh, off-campus experience of field trip. You know, most of the time on field trips are like 20, 30 kids and maybe more if you're going with two classrooms. That was so personal, four kids and one adult. That is so personal that uh, that's something that just lasts. So 
the format has changed a little bit now because now they you know they're giving gift cards and families can take them to JC Penny or Target. But back in the day when we used to take kids to visit, I had a young sister come back uh, right after Christmas, and she said, "Mr. Donaldson, remember when we went to Operation School Bell? We'd get in your car, and she you know she was able to describe. Remember you told me that was University of Washington, and she went to the University of Washington. She just graduated." But it's like, I remember the ride and she was telling you know, her brother, you guys might not get to go, but I, she, she described the whole thing and she had just gotten out of college and that was years ago, but she remembered that ride out there to get the clothes. Just the memory that I was able to get clothes and it was just like, as we were talking, I could see us in the car going, I know she could too. You know, so that experience and the, and the women and men who were there just helped clothe you. And, and talk to you and guide you to help you try your clothes on. That was fantastic. And it, it's just that stuff there. She highlighted what it meant to her, right? And just a little short four or five minute conversation we had that day in the parking lot. But it was just that that was so important to her that uh, she brought it up and said, I'll never forget it. He told me she will never forget how she felt to go out there and get the clothes. And, and, and it wasn't just the clothes, it was the uh, off-campus experience of field trip. You know, most of the time on field trips are like 20, 30 kids and maybe more if you're going with two classrooms. That was so personal, four kids and one adult. That's something that just lasts. So those those things like that just stand out to me. Yeah, because it, it it's not a matter of, you know, here's here's some money, go and get your clothes. Right. If this adult cares about you, we're going to get you in a car. We're going to go for, on a little trip. We're going to meet other people in the community who also care about you. And we're going to get you what you need. When you sign up for like uh, housing, you know, and, and you're a number, right? Because you're going to wherever the housing agency you're applying is at, or you're applying for like a section eight, or even just applying to move into a new apartment. That's a lot of pressure. But the people you're working with, they don't know you. And you don't know them. So it's almost like, you know, number five, come up and fill out the paperwork, right? Number 10, you know, then we'll get back to you. Um, we do this thing, like I mentioned, Given Garland, but when school starts in September, families can sign up for Thanksgiving assistance and Christmas assistance, holidays. We just say holiday assistance. But since they know us, right, they just come in, fill out the paperwork, and then just becomes a conversation. And by the time September rolls around, you're filling out the paperwork, it's like, what have you done all summer? What you guys been doing? Did you get a chance to get away? What did you do? How, you know, I heard you had a new baby. So they're filling out because you have to fill out the form, you know, some of the things you might want for Christmas wish list and also what kind of meat do you want for Thanksgiving? But then it just becomes so personal. You're filling it out. I might talk to a parent 20 minutes till I'm filling out a five minute application, but I haven't seen you all summer and <laughs> they haven't seen me. So it's like, well, Mr. Donaldson, what did you and your wife do? You know, and, or Mrs. D, because they know us now. And then um, they just asked if we have a good summer and where did it go? Then we're talking about what you did. It's just that personal touch, right? It's, so, it's just so personal that uh, I haven't seen James in, in three months. God, he's grown, you know? And they, oh, yes, he's grown. He did this. He went to his grandmother. Grandmother came up. It's just it's personal. It's just a family atmosphere when you can really just sit down and talk to people. You know, you go you know, weddings and like I said, graduations. Uh, uh, a few years ago, I went to like five from students from Garfield 
went to Lesh I. It's like five students there. I went to like three or four different schools, graduation every year. And it's just fantastic, you know, just to think that, um, and you just see them really through from maybe preschool to fifth grade, right? Six, seven years where they're physically with you. We've done something right where they feel they should invite you to weddings, baby showers, graduations. I mean, there's so many things, you know, that that personal connection that I don't know if Seattle Housing Authority will ever have, and there's nothing personal against them. Or if you want to sign up for food stamps, whatever else you need, better. I don't know if that'll happen, but if we make it so personal that uh, <clears throat> in any situation, even there's some challenges that you have to come in and talk about, it's hard to come in angry, right? Because they know, well, Mr. D, Ms. Preston, Mr. Pye, somebody, you know, is there that knows me who I am. And so we can help you work, work some of those challenges that are going on. I never call it a problem. I never call it, it's not a problem. There's some challenges in life, you know. Um, in certain words, you just eliminate because it sounds like you're just derogatory, you know. But I try not to, I just try to use words. I have challenges you know, that I go through. And, uh, but it's not a problem. <laughs> you know, some things just seem like it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't sound right to me. So I try to eliminate certain words. I think that's really what makes families feel comfortable. There are people who would be like, you know, these people are taking advantage of the system. Uh, what would you say to that? You've been doing this for 31 years, but tell me like um, what you've been seeing in terms of, you know, do people take advantage because this is rhetoric that's been out there. That's a challenge because if you've never been there, right, it's hard to tell somebody what they don't need. But I just tell them back off and, you know, we're, you know, you get us what we need, but I'm not going to beg you to get me anything, right? We'll have some up if we got to, you know, going to, you know, we go into our own personal pockets. They just need to know that most people are a paycheck away and being that, in that same situation or two or three paychecks. You know, most people in the United States are not that far from bankruptcy, you know, so um, when you have the audacity to think you're better than somebody, you know, we're just all human beings, you know, so that that's bothersome. But having said that, six years ago, myself, um, Daniel Woods and Rachel Dabney formed our student racial equity team, K-5. We talked about just what you just asked when uh, Trump won in 2016. When we had our form, our equity team is six years now, but we talked about just that, how do they feel? And when you're talking to kinders through fifth grade and you have these babies that young age saying, what's gonna happen to my friend? You know, they're, they're Mexican, they're Hispanic, they're Muslim. Are they gonna be deported? This is, uh, what people don't really see and understand that K-5 know what's going on in the world. Kindergarten through fifth graders know. And that's one of the main reasons we formed that equity team because the district had one, the staff, the parents, but we always eliminate or forget who we work for, right? Seattle School District employs me, but I work for the families and the students, right? So that, that's, if people can get that in their mindset. The check comes from there. But my heart feels good working with the babies and the families. That's what makes my heart strong with that. It's not the, the paycheck. You know, I need it because you got to survive. But it's important to survive, but it's not important for how people feel, right? And our students knew. I mean, after that, in 2016, we got deep. We um, had children who, um, I'm on a, one of the committees with Martin Luther King through Garfield and um we have students sing, we have students do poetry, 
They joined the MOK March. They volunteered. They went on a woman's march. They were so politically involved. We did a day without hate. There were so many things that came from that. People would be, uh, I'm just shocked that they think elementary students aren't involved. But see, then it just goes back to the parents, right? You say, well, we talked about this at school. Now go home and talk to your parents about it. Watch the news with them. Because when I was growing up, our parents shunned us from watching the news. You know, you don't need to know about that. That was, that was a detriment to me. I mean, it didn't help me, right? Uh, I don't know if I should be mad or angry, but I just know I didn't want hey, my kids to do it. And especially since I've been in the schools, those kids go through the same thing because it affects them too, right? So we have to make, the only way we're gonna change the future is what our babies in the present understand what's happening, how they can improve it, right? Because we left them with a hell of a mess. And uh, they're the ones who can fix it. And we can mentor them. But pretty soon it's time to step back from mentoring and let them see what they can do. They can come back to us for some guidance and be hit, you know, hit that little hiccup in the road. But they're strong enough, smart enough. They're, they're, they are so sharp and their involvement and it's a long way around your, your question. But I know that those folks who say people don't need anything, the children beg to differ and they're making changes. So when I hear, well, you guys don't need A, B or C, baby, let's go out there and do something different. Let's show them what we might not need you, but we can, we can succeed without your rhetoric. And so, you know, you just go on and, and you know, live in your own little private world, but we're not gonna allow that to happen too much longer. Move aside move aside this next generation we got you we you know they're gonna they're gonna prove it too and not, not just going they're proving it now 91.3 kbcs the grit gerald donaldson family support worker in the seattle public school district sharing about the students he calls the babies at leshai elementary school for more kbcs stories and to support our work with a donation you can visit kbcs.fm